The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Treasure doesn't belong in jars of clay. In our house, it's an unchangeable law of nature that if you put something within reach of a toddler, a toddler will take and destroy it. So if you have something nice, you have to put it somewhere safe. We can tell how much someone values something by observing whether or not it gets left on the coffee table. Library books and dollar bills and glass cups do not belong on a coffee table because they will soon meet their demise. Library books and dollar bills and glass cups do not belong within reach of a toddler. And treasure doesn't belong in jars of clay. Treasure belongs in a safe in a chest wrapped with locks and chains. Treasure belongs somewhere where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And yet, Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. In the ancient world, earthenware pottery was cheap, common, and impermanent. Clay jars were easily broken. They were almost disposable. Shards of broken pottery can remain for millennia, it's true, but you don't expect to find whole clay jars at the site of an ancient ruin. A jar of clay can't keep treasure safe. It's the kind of place you'd put treasure only if you were thinking to hide it in the last place anyone would expect. Treasure doesn't belong in jars of clay. We should back up a minute, though, because it might not be clear what the treasure is or what the jars of clay stand for. In the verse just before our epistle lesson, Paul says that the treasure is the knowledge of God's glory. Now, that can sound like a pie-in-the-sky, hyper-spiritual, mystical sort of a thing, but God's glory isn't something out there and incomprehensible. It's like this. The treasure is knowing that 
the God who created the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, the God who can speak things into existence, the God who kills and makes alive, the God to whom belong all power and glory forever and ever, that same God loves you and died for you and glories in making you holy and righteous. That is a treasure beyond comparison, a treasure that makes every precious thing on earth seem like refuse. But, Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Although we have the promise of life by the death and resurrection of Jesus, that eternal life is hidden by our present mortal life, which we experience as suffering and death. Jesus spoke this paradox when he came to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Even though you will die, yet you shall never die. Eternal life is hidden by suffering and death. Paul puts it this way, Though your outer self is wasting away, your inner self is being renewed day by day. You can see this clearly in your bodies. Sickness and weakness and death are inevitable. But it's not just your bodies that are bound up in this present mortal life. It's your whole person, body and soul. It's your sinful nature, which succumbs to temptation and fails to love and prefers the things that are seen to the things that are unseen. That whole outer self is wasting away, which means that the holiness and righteousness and life that are promised to you remain hidden. The holiness and righteousness and life that God glories to give to you are a treasure hidden in a jar of clay, cheap, common, and impermanent. Paul feels this in his bones, and you may as well. He is afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, given over to death, wasting away. And yet, he believes that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with him and bring us into his presence. Paul confesses that his fragile earthly existence and the afflictions he experiences as a jar of clay are light and momentary, and that they are preparing for him an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. The weakness and mortality that he sees in himself force him to look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen, not to what is fleeting, but to what is eternal. We have this treasure hidden in jars of clay to show that the power belongs to God and not to us. If we could see it with our eyes, if we had it in a treasure chest and not in jars of clay, we would claim it as our own. We would say that we had done it for ourselves, that we had reached out and grasped holiness and righteousness and life, that we had triumphed over sin and death by our own efforts. And we would lose the treasure, or we would spoil it by our vanity. And so God hides it in jars of clay. He hides the promised life and salvation behind a veil of suffering and death. 
so that we may believe his words and give thanks to him and hold fast to him with hearts of faith while we wait eagerly for the fulfillment of his promise. This is where St. Bartholomew's story is such a helpful example. We heard the beginning in our gospel lesson, but first you need a bit of context. A few days earlier, John the Baptist pointed at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There must have been lots of confusion when he said that. Because while John looked the part with his camel's hair and his wild honey, Jesus was unrecognizable, unexceptional in appearance. Among you stands one you do not know, John said, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Jesus was there, and nobody noticed him. He was just some guy from Nazareth, the son of Joseph, the carpenter. John said that even he didn't know Jesus to be the Christ until God gave him a sign. He had no form or comeliness, as the King James Version says. And when they saw him, there was no beauty that they should desire him. He was a treasure hidden in a jar of clay. The next day, John was with some of his disciples, and he saw Jesus walking by and said again, Behold the Lamb of God. And the strangest thing happened. John's disciples started following Jesus. Although he was a nobody from nowhere, those disciples heard and believed, and so they followed Jesus. They heard and believed like Abraham, who picked up his roots and left his family and followed God's voice to an unknown country because he had seen with eyes of faith a treasure where everyone else could see only an ordinary jar of clay. So also these disciples of John who followed Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. They heard it, and they believed it. The next day again, Jesus said to Philip, Follow me, and he did. And Philip called Nathanael, also known as Bartholomew. And Bartholomew said out loud what everyone else was probably thinking. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Why are you raising such a fuss about this jar of clay? Philip didn't have a rebuttal. He only said, come and see. And when Bartholomew heard Jesus, he too believed him. Like a sheep hearing the voice of his shepherd, he thought that he had seen everything when Jesus told him about the fig tree, and he proclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. But there was still something greater to be seen. As Jesus hung on the cross to save sinners from death, the glory of God was revealed in all its splendor. A treasure hidden among the shards of a broken jar of clay. Like you and I, Bartholomew possessed this treasure, the knowledge of God's glory. But also, as for you and me, it remained hidden for Bartholomew, hidden by suffering and death. Most of the artwork depicting Bartholomew shows him in his martyrdom, dying a torturous death. On the altar wall of the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo painted St. Bartholomew in the resurrection, holding in one hand the knife that flayed him, and in the other hand the skin from his mortal body. 
When you look at that painting, your eyes can't help but focus on the horror of his earthly remains. But Bartholomew's eyes are focused elsewhere. His eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith. That is what we are after here in this place. We proclaim day in and day out the treasure that you possess in the knowledge of God's glory so that you can keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So that when all that you can see before you is suffering and death, you will know that what you have in that jar of clay is an eternal treasure. Just as surely as the treasure of God's glory was there in all its fullness in the crucified Jesus. To him who makes this treasure yours, though now for a time hidden in jars of clay, to him be all glory and honor forever and ever. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.